Welcome to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast, the only podcast that teaches men the cognitive mastery and alpha mindset that it takes to become an influential and irresistible man of confidence. Here's your host, certified life coach and international man of mystery, Kevin Ayo. What's up, brothers? Welcome back to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Ayo, and today is November 1st. So along with the release of this episode is the start of a new month in the Spartan Agogi program. And this month, we are training our emotional ownership skills. And so this podcast is going to explain what that means. I'm going to talk a lot about emotions here. And I know some of these concepts are already blowing your mind. And and that's the point, bro. Like that's the point. Because when you start thinking differently about the way you think, you start creating your life in a different, more intentional way. So we're going to talk about emotional ownership. But before that, pause the podcast, run over to iTunes, leave me a five-star rating and review. I see the, you guys are doing this. This is picking up. We are getting way more ratings and reviews and I love it and I appreciate it. Thank you guys. So go ahead and do that if you haven't already. And if you have, thank you very much. Now we're going to talk about ownership. We're going to talk about contrast and we're going to talk about awareness because these are all about balancing our emotion. And just like everything else in the universe, your body requires emotional balance. So the main thing to remember, bro, is that when we stop feeling bad about feeling bad, we actually feel better, right? Most of us just want to feel better. And one of the best ways to feel better is to understand that we're not supposed to feel great all the time. I think a lot of my anxiety and depression throughout my entire life was because I felt like I should feel better more of the time. Most of the time I was avoiding emotion with buffering and then feeling bad about that. So it is so unnecessary for me to feel bad about feeling bad because what happened was I would just double down on feeling bad when I could just accept that part of the human experience is a contrast in thinking, which means a contrast in emotion, then I could be at peace with my experience as a human being. And this is where it seems to me to be a lot of confusion around the purpose of cognitive mastery and emotional ownership. Because a lot of my students, when they learn the universal truth and come to me for coaching, they just want to skip right to thinking different thoughts. Right. And the first argument that I always get is, okay, so what you're telling me is that if our thoughts create our feelings, why don't we just feel great all the time? Like, why don't I just master my mind? So I'm always thinking good stuff. And why don't we just try to feel great all the time with this mastery of cognition? And in fact, I have a lot of new students who actually try to do this. And they will try and take all their current negative thinking when they do, you know, the thought download and they'll try to make it all positive all the time, right? And they'll then, then they'll actually feel guilty and they'll beat themselves up for any negative thoughts and any negative emotion. Like in some way, they're telling themselves that they're failing to be alpha if they have any negative thoughts. And so what I explained to them is that first, number one, understand this, that the alpha is your curious non-judgment, okay? It is the curious non-judgment of the thought that comes from awareness and separation. So it's not judgment. Any 
and, and, you know, instead of judging yourself for thinking something and blaming yourself in that spin, because that is the beta condition, the alpha does not judge. So anytime you're judging yourself for thinking anything, then you're back in that condition, right? And that we will have the emotional balance. We have to have that emotional balance so we can do it more deliberately. And that gives us clarity around that, around it, around that emotion, instead of the suffering within it, right? Instead of becoming it. And I want to make sure you all really understand this very, very well. It's a pretty advanced concept and we're going to talk about it much deeper in the Spartans. And, you know, you guys that have been with me for a while, you know, we're going to see if we can wrap our heads around this now. This idea that as we become aware of our feelings, the more we become aware, the more we become emotionally aware of our thoughts and start paying attention to those thoughts that are creating those emotions, there is this tendency to beat ourselves up because we'll understand that our negative emotion and negative thinking is all self-created. So we start to blame ourselves, right? Or other people for how we're feeling and how we're thinking. And when we can't blame other people, then we really blame ourselves because now we understand through the universal truth. It's like, oh, wait, it's all my thinking. So it's all my fault, which some people think is very bad news because then they use it as an excuse to beat themselves up instead of a reason to feel super empowered, right? To use the universal truth. And this is why I teach emotional ownership. So cognitive mastery, you guys may have a pretty good handle on, but this is why I teach emotional ownership. So here's the deal. This is emotional ownership. Let's say you walk into a bar and instead of the bartender asking you, what do you drink? She says to you, what emotion do you want to feel? Which feeling would you choose today? And this is really important imagery for you to get. It's really something I want you to visualize and to see for yourself because this is exactly the power that you have in your life. You get to choose how to feel all the time by what you think. And this does not mean that you should choose to feel great all the time. A lot of times we don't want to feel great about what's going on in the world. But here's the difference. There is a difference when you decide that feeling sad is what you want to feel versus feeling like an emotion is not within your control. And let me tell you why this matters so much. Because if you feel like your anxiety, your frustration, your sadness, your grief, your anger, your pain, or whatever is caused by the external world, and you're unable to control the external world, you will be tempted to buffer, which means you'll be tempted to avoid, right? Escape how you're feeling. You're going to be tempted to avoid your emotion because you're going to feel as if the emotion is being caused by the world outside of you and there's nothing you can do about it. And the only way to feel better is to escape into that buffer, into that false pleasure. And most of my students come to me with this belief system and they don't even realize it. They don't know why they're buffering. They don't understand the reason why they're buffering is because they want to feel better and they don't know how because they think that their emotions are caused by the world and they can't change the world. Now, what I've been teaching you over the past year in this podcast is that the world doesn't cause you to feel anything. Your thoughts cause you to feel everything and you're in control of your thinking. So when you feel negatively, if you want to feel better, you can change the way that you're thinking. And 
And this is very, this is a very important and. Like, I want you guys to know that I'm not saying this is a small and. In case you guys haven't noticed, <laughs> I don't use the word but very often. I use the word and because the word but negates everything you said before it, whereas the word and includes everything you said before it. So I want you to pay very close attention to this sentence. You can change the way you feel by changing the way you think. And if the reason you want to feel better is because you don't manage your emotions, you need to learn how to feel a feeling all the way through before you start trying to change it. Okay, step one is emotional awareness. Step two is being willing to feel any emotion for as long as it takes, brother, because that is emotional ownership. And then step three, and only then, step three is to change the way you think. And that's cognitive mastery. Now that's the keys to the kingdom, bro. Like that's it. And, and you know, here's the funny thing, because the way I see it, it's like this cognitive mastery and emotional ownership is like a bicycle, right? It's like a bicycle. And I describe it to you every week. Like every week I explain to you the way a bicycle works. It's like, here are the handles, you sit on it, you know, you use your feet to turn the pedals. And in just Every week, I just explain the same thing in a different way. And what you're doing is you're like putting pieces together and trying to learn how to ride a bicycle by listening to the description of how to ride a bicycle. But the truth is you really just got to get on the bike, right? You got to do the work. You got to get in there and take that massive action. So understanding, like I'll say the same thing to you every single week and you guys know the universal truth, you know the model, you know the steps, awareness, acceptance, and wisdom. I mean, you guys know all this. It's doing the work, right? It's like getting in there and riding the bike. That is how you learn to ride a bike, not by listening to the description. So understand that that's what coaching is all about. And that's why I recommend the Spartan Agogi program to you guys every week. That's why I offer it to you and suggest it to you because I'm the guy, I'm like, dad, I'm like holding the back of your seat while you're learning how to ride this bike. That's what we do in the Agogi, right? And then when you're ready, I let go. And all of a sudden you're riding the bike and riding the bike is future focused thinking, indomitable self-confidence, amazing relationships, total behavioral mastery. I mean, that's all the alpha, that's all the alpha path. So that's when you writing it on your own, right? But as long as you're listening to the descriptions over and over, you're really only going to piece together a conceptual understanding, a theoretical knowledge, whereas getting on there and having that experience, that application and doing the work, that's how you actually get the skill. Now, there are three ways of developing the skill set of emotional ownership. And actually, it's not three ways, but there's three ways we kind of decide how we want to feel, right? The first is our wanted feelings to have a balance. So we want certain feelings in our life and we want to balance those feelings. So what are the feelings that you want to experience in the world? And so I want to go to this analogy that you probably heard me use before and I want you to hold a suspension of disbelief with me for a moment and imagine you were being born as an adult. But right before coming to earth, right? Coming to earth as an adult, it's really not a birth, it's more of a, like a spontaneous appearance. <laughs> but right before coming to earth, you have to pass through the bar 
bar of emotion. And this is the bar I mentioned earlier where the bartender says you get to pick the emotions you want to feel throughout your life as an adult. And every time you take a shot, you know, it's all the tap. There's like hundreds of taps with all these emotions on them. And for every emotion you take the shot, you get to feel that during your human experience. Now, which ones would you pick? That's the big question. Which ones do you want to feel? This is in your state. This is in your ability as an alpha male, as an alpha human, is to choose what you want to feel. And most of us react from the beta condition of trying to feel good all the time. But that would be totally weird, wouldn't it? I mean, think about it. You'd be happy during sad moments. You'd be excited during painful experiences, right? So I really want you to think about this from a conscious place from your alpha state, the state that doesn't fear uncomfortable emotion, the state that owns emotion, you're coming to experience humanity as a human. Which emotions do you want to have in your repertoire to be able to feel, to have the fullness, the fullest human experience? So that's number one, wanted and deliberate feelings in order to have balance. Now, the other two types of the way we want to feel in order to own our emotions is we want unwanted feelings so that we can allow them in order to release resistance. And number three, we want to completely eliminate indulgent emotion or indulgent feelings. Now, we learn to own our emotions in these three ways, guys. So I want to just quickly review them. One is wanted feelings that we choose because we want to have a balance as humans. Number two is unwanted feelings that we wouldn't pick off the tap, right? Nothing that we choose to have, but when we do have them, we allow them in order to resist resisting them. And number three is the indulgent emotions that we need to just completely eliminate, just need to drop them. We don't want to resist them, but we don't want, but we definitely want to stop indulging in them. Now, I'm going to go through a list of feelings, and I am going to talk a little bit about a couple of them. And I want you guys to really think about them because what you're doing here when you're thinking about them is deciding are these emotions going to serve you and how would they serve you? How can they help you grow? Now, some of these I've done a podcast on and we'll do longer explanations on in other podcast episodes. And if you're in the Spartanagogi program, then you are going to get a deep dive into all of this during the month of November. But I'm just reading from a list that the Spartans are going to take up this month. So the first one is happy. (laughs) And I think most of us would choose this off the tap, right? Like, give me a shot of happiness, right? I'm taking that one with me. And and this, I believe, is true because happiness is one of those emotions that is universal. You can find the word happiness in every language around the world. I mean, I know coaches who specialize in happiness for their clients. I mean, that's how strong happiness is. That's how much we desire happiness. It's almost like if you could sell happiness, it would be the most highest sold product on the planet, right? If it was possible. Fortunately for us, you don't have to buy happiness because it comes from your brain, right? Most of us want to feel it. It's a good feeling. And I want you to think about the thoughts that cause you to feel happiness, right? It's a positive emotion and we tend to get really into the illusion when it comes to positive emotions. It's very tempting to think about situations that we think make us feel happy, right? So stick with me here and and, and listen to this. Listen to what most people say. It's easy to say that when I'm with a girlfriend, I feel happy, right? When my dog's in the room, I feel happy. 
When I make a lot of money, I feel happy, right? When I get a new client, I feel happy. When the sun is out, I feel happy, right? You hear all that? Now, what I want you guys to hear is that it's very easy for us to attribute our emotion, right? The feeling of happiness to those external circumstances. But what I want you to attribute your emotions to is your thoughts, right? So if you think I'm so happy when I'm with one of my girlfriends or when I'm with my wife, what is the thought you have that causes the feeling of happiness? Because brother, I'm telling you, it's not the woman causing the feeling. (laughs) right? It's your thoughts about the woman or it's the thoughts about yourself when you're with the woman. It is your thinking always. And you can think those thoughts any time, whether she is there or not, whether your dog is there or not, whether you've made a lot of money or not, whether the sun is out or not, right? Happiness comes from your thinking. Okay. So number two, the second emotion is sad. Now, I want you to think about if sad is one of the emotions that you would pick to take a shot from before entering earth and why. I think the feeling of sadness is important to distinguish from self-pity or pity. And here's what I really want you guys to know and why I would choose sadness. The reason why I say that sadness is different than self-pity is because self-pity is like sadness towards yourself. It's feeling sorry for yourself, right? It's like kind of like the victim mentality, like the victim mindset. And it's very different than the emotion of sadness when it's appropriate and usable. I think most of us would take a shot of sadness as an emotion that we would want to experience as humans because I think most of us want to feel sad when sad things happen, like when things we think are sad. It's part of being human. Remember, just as a side note, when I say take a shot of sadness, I mean you get to choose what you feel by being at that bar. When you drink it, you feel it, right? I know there are people that take shots of alcohol when they're sad, but that's very different, right? That's the attempts to avoid the sadness. And I'm sure that most of you are following that analogy, but I just wanted to clarify that. But in terms of being sad, wouldn't it be weird if you just didn't have sadness? Like when when things, when you want to feel sad about something and you can't, like it's just not there. And it's even more weird to think about how how that relates to happiness, because if you don't have any experience of sadness, then how do you contrast the happiness, right? How do you make happiness when you don't understand sadness? So there's a lot of value in there. Okay, the next one is angry. And angry is one of those emotions that feels useful that usually isn't. I can think of maybe one or two instances where anger is powerful. And if you train yourself to feel it and use it, then you can get some really massive action from it. And, you know, I personally, I generally refer to this as the dark side. And I know a few coaches that teach this process, you know, the use of anger, the use of arrogance, the use of the power of I told you so, (laughs) right, in order to create massive action in their life. But I think most of us would want to make sure that we had anger as an emotion to feel so we could process that emotion in a usable, servable way, not in a reactive way. We want to feel anger, but feel it in serenity. So we are processing it, not becoming it. All right, confused. Now we're getting into indulgence, guys. Confusion is one of those indulgent emotion. Isn't it? It is an emotion that's just not useful. Now I've heard people say, but what if you're just confused? What if you just don't know? As if confusion is something that happens to you. And I want to remind you <laughs> that confusion is not something that happens to you. Confusion is something you decide to experience by saying, I don't understand this. I don't know what to do. I don't know what the next step is to take. 
And a lot of us indulge in this emotion and believe that it is useful. And I want to offer to you that it's not useful because confusion is not one that you need. And in fact, you can always be thinking a thought, I'm going to figure this out. I am figuring this out. I am understanding this. I am learning this. You can always think that as an alternative to feeling confused. Confusion doesn't lead to clarity. Confusion just keeps us stuck and unmoving. It's kind of a paralysis type of emotion. It's not an emotion that we need to be indulging in ever. Okay, what about depressed? Now, depressed is one that you really want to think about. And I want you to think about it in terms of, is it a useful, purposeful human emotion? Now, for me, I would put that under number two, right? It would be an emotion that I wouldn't choose to take a shot off from the tap, right? It's not something I want to choose to take with me. And when it comes up or when it comes into my body, I want to allow it to be there without resistance, without avoidance and without reacting to it. A lot of times we resist emotion and that causes us a level of emotional exhaustion that kind of leads us into a depression, So I think if we are depressed, denying that depression or avoiding it is not useful. It's one of those emotions that we need to allow, and it's one that's not really going to serve us in a useful, purposeful way in our lives, as far as I can tell, based on my own life. So it's one of those that I wouldn't choose to feel on purpose, but when it's there, you just kind of allow it to be there. Don't resist it. Now... I'm going to go through and list some other feelings, some other emotions, and I want you to think about whether you would take a shot of these, you know, whether you want to take these with you to have in your experience, in your body, before you make the trip to earth, to include in your human experience, and then consider why or why not. All right, so here we go. Just come, I'm not going to pause much because I want, you know, I want to get through all of these. I really want you to think about these. Furious, bewildered, excited. I would go with excited. I want excited, right? And I'm reading these off a list, guys. So I'm kind of jumping my own commentary in a bit as well. Disappointed, enraged, trapped, overjoyed, alone, outraged, troubled, thrilled. There's some good ones in there, right? Oh, here's one, hurt. I want you to think about hurt, right? I really want you to think about hurt because it's kind of like this buzzword that's going around, right? It's a good one, right? Like we need to have that as an emotion, don't we? Think of all the talk about, you know, the offensive language and people calling each other snowflakes around feelings. And I think hurt is definitely useful. But the question is, how would you use it? Would you use it in a way to try and control the world and to blame other people and say, you hurt my feelings, which we know isn't true. We know that's a violation of the universal truth. We know that we only hurt our own feelings by the way we think. Or... Do you use it in a way to really manage your mind and discover more truth about yourself to remove the barriers blocking your personal greatness? So I think hurt is important in that way because when we feel hurt, we can go into our brain and figure out why we're feeling that and recognize that it's really just a lie we're telling ourselves about ourselves. All right, guys, how about some more? How about aggravated, desperate, right? Yes or no. These things you want. Exuberance. Yes or no. Would you include it? Left out. I rate. Actually, left out. Let's hang on to that one. Left out is an interesting one. I think feeling left out is kind of an indulgent emotion. It's not really useful, right? Because it's something that we create in our brain. It's something we create in our minds. And I've had people argue with me on this. So, you know, you're entitled to your own opinion, but I think you can't feel left out. It's kind of like abandonment, right? You can't feel abandoned as an adult. 
you can't abandon adults. And people will argue with me on this too. I mean, people really have a strong feeling or fear of abandonment. You can abandon children and puppies, right? You can only abandon those people and animals that can't survive on their own. As adults, we can all survive on our own. We cannot be abandoned. Like that's the definition of abandoned is leaving something that cannot exist or survive on its own. And yet we have this feeling of being abandoned and that feeling just like left out is an indulgent emotion. It serves no functional purpose for us. You're feeling abandoned because of a thought, I can't survive on my own. And that is an illusion. It's a lie told by that, you know, that childlike beta condition that's in fear of survival. And just like the cognition, I don't know, that drives the indulgent emotion of confusion, which is always a lie, you can always survive on your own. So abandonment left out, they're kind of the same. They're kind of like that indulgent, they, they fit in that category number three. We just don't need them. They don't help us. Okay. So back to the list. I rate yes or no, a lost, ecstatic, dejected, seething, fired up, hopeless, hopeless. I think hopeless is much more of an indulgent emotion as well. I haven't done an episode on hope and I think hopeless and hope are kind of the same in terms of their indulgence. And I'm not going to go too much more on that because <laughs> we're already getting long in the podcast here and I want to finish up with this list, but I will do something on hope and hopeless. Delighted, sorrowful, crushed, cheerful, yes or no, heartbroken, yes or no. Heartbroken is an interesting one, brothers. And I'm going to tell you, in my own experience, I have learned so much from heartbreak. I would take a shot of heartbreak. I would take a shot of heartbreak just knowing how much it's helped me to learn more about myself. Sometimes you just need a really good heartbreak. And I want to feel heartbroken when something happens that I wished wouldn't happen when things go in a way that I'd rather they didn't. I'm willing to be heartbroken about it. I'm willing to set huge dreams, like set huge goals and not achieve them and being willing to be heartbroken. I don't think it's a detrimental emotion to me, but you know, you have to decide what you want what works for you. Okay. Upset, disorganized, up, down, mad, foggy, foggy, <laughs> foggy's in here. That's interesting. I don't know. I, <laughs> would anybody say, I hope I feel foggy today. I don't know. It's interesting. Good, annoyed, misplaced. And that's interesting. Do you ever feel misplaced? That's funny as well. Relieved, distressed, Frustrated, disoriented, satisfied, regretful, agitated, mixed up, contented, disgusted, disgusted. That's one we can talk about. That's an interesting one too, because don't you want to feel disgusted at things that you think are disgusting? Do you want to have the ability to think that things are disgusting and feel disgusted? Like I would, I think that would be one that I would want. Now, look guys, I'm going to finish there just so we can you know, finish up with the podcast, finish up the episode then, but then I want you to know this is a very powerful exercise to go through and really decide on purpose, which emotions are you going to feel and how are you going to balance them out? One of the recommendations that I give to my students is to get a piece of paper and draw a line down the middle on one side, put positive on the other side, put negative and balance out those emotions. So on one side, you might put happy on the other side, you might put sad, right? Now those are two emotions you would want to experience in contrast. You know, on the positive side, you might put delighted and on the other side, you might put disgusted and they don't have to be opposite to each other, right? Delighted and disgusted, they're not necessarily in contrast, but they're just one's positive, one's negative. 
And what you do is you write these down. And if you were to decide on purpose what the emotions are, what would be the positive ones? What would be the negative ones? And then kind of compare and contrast that to emotions that you have on a daily basis. This is emotional ownership because you choose. You choose the emotions that you feel versus the ones that you think are just happening to you because you're not paying attention to what you're thinking. And it's really important for you to decide what you're going to feel on purpose and be more deliberate with it. Now, check this out. Now, as a heads up, I get this question a lot and I want to prepare you that you may ask this. A lot of my students have said, I noticed that when I'm willing to feel a balance of emotion, you know, the positive, the negative, and I do understand what you're saying. Like I have this, what they say, I have this intellectual understanding, right? And I do agree that we could do it 50-50 and, you know, have this good balance, but I feel like I'm angry all the time, or I feel like I'm anxious all the time. And I don't see what I want to feel anxious all the time about. And that, my brother, is a sentence of resistance, Because what I want to offer you is that when you have anxiety about your anxiety or you have worry about your worry, you're just compounding the situation, right? If you're willing to allow the experience of anxiety to be one of the emotions that you have on the negative side, which means you're actually choosing it on purpose. That is when you will get the authority over it. That was when you will get the ownership over it because rejecting it and pushing it away is not working. Now, this is different to an indulgent emotion that many of us feel on purpose as a way to protect ourselves from taking action. So understand the difference. And I've talked about indulgent emotions before, right? Indulging in worry, indulging in doubt, indulging in anger. And I'm not talking about, you know, anger in a way that's useful. I'm talking about really just like stomping your feet, right? That sort of indulging in self-pity, those kinds of emotions that we use as a way to protect ourselves, to, to hide in the cave with our safe little emotional identity, and really just to not show up authentic in our lives. So those are the three things that I want you to imagine. And of course, I listed a bunch of emotions here, but there are so many more that you can find, right? There's just emotions are only limited by language. We can talk about feelings as in as many intensities as we can learn to describe them with our words. So is this an emotion that I want to include in my life? That's always the question you want to ask. First, you become aware and then you take ownership. Now, here's the thing I want you to do. I want you to be willing to add new emotions, practice new emotions, include new emotions in your life, and maybe add some to that negative side that you wouldn't have chosen but that are part of your current experience in order to establish that ownership over it, right? In order to master it and have that authority, some willingness to understand, to see what you're feeling and to find the thoughts causing it. And then, and only then, make make that decision to maybe change that thought in order to change that feeling. But too many, too many of my students just want to get rid of their feelings by trying to think positively, just by changing their thought without having any authority over their emotion. And it's just not sustainable, brother. It just doesn't work. When we really understand why we're feeling the way we do and what we're thinking and what's causing it, then we can start to understand that these habits we have include the emotion. We get to memorizing and patterning these feelings the same way we memorize and pattern thoughts. And we think that they're just part of us, right? Part of our personality. 
useful and necessary. But the truth is, many times we can eliminate all of those buffering type emotions and all those indulgent type emotions that prevent us from being who we are meant to be, who we really are. We also need to open up and embrace, like really just allow and be willing to feel all the negative emotions that we've been trying to shut out for so long because we're terrified of feeling them, right? We want to create and practice and rehearse the positive emotions, the emotions that we will have that will help us create our dreams. Because remember, our emotions, our feelings are what create our actions and results. We need to be able to create a balance of feelings that produce the life that we want to produce. I know that this podcast is taking you guys to a really advanced place. <laughs> I get that in terms of, you know, how to think about emotional ownership and cognitive mastery and, you know, what it means to live as your alpha. And I hope that for some of you, it resonates. You know, I hope for some of you, it makes sense and that you're able to apply it and that you can start thinking about the feelings that you want to experience as a human on purpose instead of by default. But just like I said with the bicycle earlier in the episode, when you're ready to take this training to the next level, when you're ready to step onto the bike and start pedaling and steering yourself, check out the Elevated Alpha Society Spartan Agogi program. It is the only program that teaches the skills of cognitive mastery and emotional ownership that builds the four characteristics of your alpha. You learn the future-focused thinking, amazing relationships, indomitable self-confidence, and total behavioral mastery. So if you're ready, or if you just want to know more about the program, go to thealphamalecoach.com and check out the Spartan Agogi program to start training your brain, elevating your alpha, and living the life you create. That's what I got for you today, guys. I hope you have an amazing week. And until I talk to you next week... Elevate your alpha. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. If you enjoy what you've heard and want even more, sign up for Unleash Your Alpha, your guide to shifting to the alpha mindset at thealphamalecoach.com slash unleash. Unleash.